It's my great pleasure to have on the line with me Tammy Solonek. She's the Indigenous Rights Manager for Amnesty International in Australia. She's a Ninganar woman from Derby. Thanks for joining us, Tammy. Thanks for having me. So this report from Amnesty International uh, just released last week outlining the appalling situation of incarceration of, of uh, Aboriginal brothers and sisters and particularly Aboriginal children, 53 times more likely to be jailed than their peers. Yeah. Talk to us, uh, I guess, the most important question is uh, what's the response from, I guess, the community, but what's uh, the response from, from government where it's obviously directed? Yeah, so throughout this week and last week, we've been doing a series of meetings with departments and also with politicians and key influences on the issue. And we've also uh, done a community launch in Western Australia last week. Uh, so the response has been quite positive. Um, the community launch, we've worked really closely with a lot of community groups in Western Australia. Um, so I think all that groundwork that we've done in the years leading up to this to develop relationships with the Uriman Project and you know Eugene E set down and now, now and up and, and Noongar Patrol and places like that, that's all really helped. So the community are really supportive. Um, from a departmental level, we're seeing some really good responses, particularly from the Department of Corrective Services and Police. Uh, and then at a political level, um, you know, that's a bit harder to sway, but we, we are having some useful meetings and we, we hope that we'll be able to really convince decision and policy makers um, to change the record and adopt some of the recommendations that, that we've given. WA's Chief Minister Wayne Martin has uh, said the justice system must accept some of the blame for what he describes as appalling uh, rates. Uh, now we have a situation where the WA government's likely to be pushing ahead with toughening mandatory sentencing laws. Mm. Um, what's your comment I guess on on those laws and you know, is how much of, I mean it's obviously a, a huge um, sway of factors but we have a, a situation here in WA where the, the, the rates are much higher than in other parts of the country. Does that come down to in in some degree, in what degree uh, to those laws? Yeah well it's quite shameful really that Western Australia is the only state in Australia that has mandatory detention of children and I don't think it's a complete coincidence that along with these very tough crime, tough laws in Western Australia, we also have the highest rate of over-representation of Aboriginal children. One of the biggest issues we've had in Western Australia is the lack of available data. So it's really hard for us to pull out exactly to determine, well, did these mandatory sentencing laws result in this many children going in? But we're starting to get quite a clear picture of it and it does appear that these laws have disproportionately impacted most primarily on Indigenous children. Uh, and that's a real concern that contravenes international law, including the Convention on the Rights of the Child. Uh, in Western Australia, in fact, in all of Australia, we also detain 10 and 11-year-olds, whereas under the Convention on the Rights of the Child, the minimum age of criminal responsibility should be 12. Um, so we've, we've called on the WA government to repeal the mandatory sentencing regimes which uh, apply to children, which are for home burglaries, the three strikes law, the assaulting public officer laws, and now we have this third iteration currently before Parliament. We've also asked them to amend the criminal code to raise the age of criminal responsibility to 12. Um, 
the current home burglary bill, we're quite concerned about that will increase penalties. Uh, at the moment, the three strikes home burglary is one year. They're going to make it three years for aggravated home burglary, but aggravated can include doing it in a group, which a lot of these kids do anyway. And we, we believe that the numbers of children detained will increase by about 60 kids per year if uh, this bill goes ahead. Tammy, what are your comments on the quality of treatment of young Aboriginal people in prison, uh, the so-called rehabilitation, and your comments on also the you know, the services, the, the quality of services as young people are trying to uh, re-engage and get on with their lives? Yeah, so our report has really focused on the beginning, the prevention, early intervention and diversion. We really want the government to start using data to put programs into those areas. Um, rather than putting a lot of our attention onto the tail end and the through care, although that is a huge issue, but we see the way to really slow these numbers down is to stop people from getting into prison in the first place. For the children who are detained, we've got serious concerns about them being in there because the stats show that you know, three out of four children who are detained will repeat offend. There's really high incidence of recidivism, which shows that Whatever programs they're receiving in prison aren't really stopping them. Um, in fact, you know, once a child goes into detention, it's, it's almost like a spiralling life of crime and into adult prison. That's why we put a lot of our attention in trying to stop them from getting into prison and into detention in the first place. For those in, in prison, we have particular concerns about remand. So when a child has been charged with an offence, they've been denied bail for or been denied bail or being given to a responsible person for one reason or, or another, um, if that's the case, then they have to come down to the only juvenile detention centre which we have, which is in Perth, and they'll be detained until such time as there's a trial. Now, for that um, limbo period, when they're on remand, very few children or adults get access to rehabilitative programs. So they're just sitting there with other kids who have committed crimes, talking about more crimes, and it's a real concern. So, in fact, almost over a third, close to a half of our recommendations for the Western Australian Government are actually focused on bail and the situation of bail to ensure that children in these circumstances are um, remain in the community under the guidance of responsible adults or in bail houses or any sort of mechanism which will keep them out of the jails and out of those crime schools. So your report does focus uh, uh, on many recommendations. It's not just... Uh a statement of uh, how terrible things are. There's some very concrete uh, proposals there. Could you talk to a few more of, of those proposals? Yeah, so we released a national report and a West Australian report. Both have a series of recommendations for both governments. But on the West Australian side, um, the first series of recommendations we have revolve around data. In order to have a strategy for dealing with crime, you actually need to actually look at the data really clearly. You need to see when they were offending, who was offending, what were the underlying causal factors, then once they're in prison, how many kids are in prison, where do they come from, what sort of programs are going to work for them. Um, Western Australia has been behind the eight ball in data collection and and dissemination for some time. There is a national minimum data set for juvenile justice, which Western Australia hasn't been contributing to for some time, so we're putting pressure on them to fix that. Um, they used to put the statistics up, weekly offender statistics every week on the, on the 
website uh, that stopped a year ago. Uh, so we're asking for a bit more transparency so we can see what's happening with the data. Uh, but more than anything, we really want the WA government to stop operating in silos. So the police department collects its own data, uses it for its own use. The corrective services collects a whole other lot of data. The datas don't match up, so you can't put them together. So we're asking them to look at integrated forms of data so that once they do start to put in prevention and diversionary programs, they're based on where the data says the need is. Rather than, you know, often it's just a few people sitting around the table saying, oh, I think this is a good idea and let's put that here. We want a strategy. And that's what's worked in America under justice reinvestment. So there's a whole heap of recommendations about data. The second lot of recommendations are about the WA government funding diversionary early intervention and prevention programs and particularly ones who are run by Aboriginal organisations and we've recommended a system of preferential tendering occur so that Aboriginal organisations are really involved in delivering these programs. Then of course we have all the um, recommendations about bail and there's a lot about bail including bail houses, about the way curfews are enforced, um, a way the, about the way responsible person undertakings are given. Um, that would take a while to get through all of the bail stuff and then we have a series of recommendations um, about law reform, particularly about repealing the mandatory sentencing, stopping the home burglary bill, lowering the age of criminal responsibility and then the last series of recommendations about um, health and people with cognitive and mental disabilities and particularly those children with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and how they are managed within the justice system.